Hello, everyone. Today we are going to be talking deep, deep talking about branding. Branding. Everybody's heard of it. Not everybody knows what it is. On today's Straight Shot Marketing Podcast. Welcome to Straight Shot. Marketing is everywhere. It's around your life. From what you eat to what you wear and where you go. It is a vital part of any and all business. Let's discuss the world of marketing and business as it influences everyday life with the staff of Atlanta Marketing Agency, Reformation Productions, and guests as they give it to us straight. Get ready. Take aim. Steady. Welcome to Straight Shot. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. We are a couple weeks into this brand new year of 2021, and we have started it off with a bang, haven't we? <laughs> yep. Bang, 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 bang. Today, we interrupt our social media series to talk a little bit about branding. Now, most everyone has heard of branding, or at least a business being referred to as a brand. I mean, it's somewhat of a buzzword. And the problem with things becoming buzzwords is that charlatans come out of the woodwork like wolves in sheep's clothing and try to take advantage of people using buzzwords. But that doesn't or at least shouldn't take away from the importance and original meaning of the term. So we are going to pull the covers back, unveil the truth, maybe expose some charlatans with what branding really is. So Zachary... Yes. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Fabulous. Tell me, what is branding really? Well, let's start with exposing right off the bat. And I'll tell you what branding is not. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, Your brand is not your logo. It's not your tagline. It's not your mission statement. It's not your products or the services that you offer. And it's not the name of your company. Wait, you mean it's not a pen? Or a cup? No, it's not, it's not a promo item either. Um, and, and I start with this because when I ask a company what their brand is, these are the answers I get all the time. Um, and it, it's 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 an incorrect perception. So if you thought any of those things, that's not what your brand is, okay? Your brand is simply what people think about you when they think about you. Mm-hmm. It's your company's perception in the mind of your public. You see, brands are developed in the public's mind with or without the company's involvement because people have opinions naturally, right? Mm -hmm. People have opinions about this, they have opinions about that. They have an opinion about you, okay? They hold their own perceptions naturally as a human being. Well, that perception is what your brand is. So what we try to do is influence what that perception is going to be in your public's mind. Now, branding and brand development is what happens when a company starts to get involved in the building and construction of that brand, of the company's perception in the mind of the consumer. Branding is the process of developing and influencing that perception so that it can then be utilized to help the company become remembered and then preferred in the marketplace. So what an agency does 
because we own an agency and we do this all the time, we help to professionally develop what that brand image is going to be so that it is true, so that it is um, you know, professional, so that it is beneficial to the company and will ring true to the consumers and be what they want to hear. All of that stuff kind of goes into the making of this. Um, so you need to define your brand, including who you are internally and externally, right? So who you think you are and who they think you are, right? And then we need to communicate it to your potential and existing customers so that you can become, again, remembered, chosen, and preferred in the marketplace. That's the purpose of the brand. And you're going to need that brand in order to become efficient and effective in all of your communication efforts that your company is going to do moving forward. Now, if you remember back when we did the uh, SBA episode during the small business series, remember the three-legged stool? I remember the three-legged stool. Marketing or communications is one of those legs that the business is built on, that it stands on. You remember if any leg is falters, the whole business comes crumbling down? Marketing is one of those legs. Well, branding is what marketing is built on. It's the foundation that your marketing should be built on. So very, very important. So that brings up why we build a brand. Just to begin with, why would you build a brand? Well, um, one, because branding has been proven to be successful over time. This is not some uh, new theory that's come out of nowhere. The, the concept of branding has been tried and true at this point. Um, and your brand is what's going to differentiate you, separate your company from other companies that provide similar products or services, right? And branding is more powerful than pricing is. Mm. And if you don't use branding, pricing is the only thing that your customers have to go off of. And who do you think they're going to choose? Who's more expensive or less expensive? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yes, Jennifer. Less expensive. <laughs> Depending on who they are, yes. Um, now, your brand also is what makes your business recognizable, okay? It also makes you memorable. It is what persuades. Brand is often what brings value to your business. If we look at, oh, I don't know, Star Wars. Oh, let's look Star at Star Wars. Wars was just sold to, I say just... <laughs> A few years ago now. If it's any cancellation, 2020 didn't count. Uh, was sold to Disney for $4 billion based off of its brand value, right? There's tons of science fiction franchises out there that are not worth $4 billion. Mm. Star Wars is because of its brand value, all right? Now, Coca-Cola built immense brand value and political sway because of its brand recognition. If you remember in the Coca-Cola episodes we did, I can't remember which one it was, uh, but in their timeline, we did a series on Coca-Cola. In the timeline, they actually had political sway with the government during the war because okay. they were Coca-Cola. So something, if you haven't seen that, that one. That was the establishing position. Yeah, feel free to go back and look at that one. Um, he says feel free, but what we really mean is go back and listen <laughs> slash watch. You see, brands are developed in the public's mind with or without 
the company's involvement. Because people have opinions naturally. They hold their own perceptions naturally as human beings. So your brand is not your logo. It is not your campaign tagline. Your brand is what people think about you when they think about you. Your brand is also... um, Well, there's a a graphic that we often use. Uh, Matter of fact, I'll throw it up on the screen. When we're describing what a brand is, and we use an iceberg. So this, for those of you that can't see the graphic, this is an iceberg that you can see below the, the water level. And you can see that the iceberg on top of the water, the part that you can physically see, is the appearance and the the, uh, the perception. It's your logo. It's all the things that you can see in a brand. And then below the surface is actually larger than what you can see above. And it's all that homework and deeper meaning that goes in it. Okay, so a brand is a very substantial, very valuable thing to uh to business. Now, Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, says it this way. He says that your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Which I think is very good. Yeah, very let that deep. sink in for a yeah. second. So aside from Jeff Bezos, you have your own official definition, don't you? Uh, yes, not of brand, but of branding. I do have an, an official definition of that. Branding is the process of proactively developing, managing, and exploiting the perception of a business in the minds of their audience so that they will remember and choose them in the marketplace. Mm, yes, that is very quite official sounding. It's, it's beautiful, really. The beautiful flowery words and everything. So <laughs> well, what does it actually mean, though? Um, branding and brand development are what happens when the company decides to get involved in the building and construction of their brand, of the company's perception in the mind of the consumer. Again, it's the process of developing and then influencing that company's perception so that it can be used to help the business become remembered and preferred uh, preferred business, right, in the marketplace. That's the goal. So we, the agency, Reformation Productions, we do this a lot for businesses. Mm-hmm. We help you define your professional image and begin to use it to better communicate with your consumer audience. Yes, we do a lot of branding. But let's break down the term branding. Branding is a, a, a overarching term that includes two different things. It includes brand development, which is the defining of the company's professional brand image and how it's going to be showcased in the marketplace. And then there's brand implementation. Brand implementation is how you're going to use that image, use that perception to communicate to your business's customer, consumer, client, audiences, etc. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about those one at a time. Okay. Um, why do companies need a brand? I mean, we know we need to develop one, but why? Well, why you need to develop a brand is actually not the proper question because your company is going to have a brand developed either way. The question mm-hmm. is centered around whether you're going to be involved in helping to shape that brand or not. You know, there's an old saying, 
that it's on a coffee mug or a t-shirt somewhere, I'm sure. Or, or all good things on a coffee mug or a t-shirt. <laughs> or it's a meme. I don't know. It says, what people think about me is none of my business. Has anybody out there ever heard that before? I know I've heard that before. What people think about me is none of my business. But it is, isn't it? Yes. And in, in, when it comes to commerce and actually business, business. <laughs> it is very much your business. And, and, and that is why you need to be involved in the development of your brand. It's centered around what the brand is going to do for your business, right? You need it to define who you are, both internally and externally. You need it to communicate to your potential and existing customers so that they choose you, remember you, and prefer you in the marketplace, right? And you need it to be efficient and effective and consistent in your communication efforts. Your communication efforts, if you remember, uh, when we did the SBA episode uh, a little while back with, um, I think Benny Santo Romano was in here, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh, that's right. Um, with the small business um, series that we did, he talked about the three-legged stool. And marketing was one of those legs that the business stands on. And, of course, one leg falters, the whole business falls over. I right? love the three-legged stool. So it is, it's a good analogy, isn't it? But, uh, but that communications, that leg is built on branding, with branding, it informs everything that you're going to do as far as your communication efforts are concerned. Now, it's also your business because branding, using your brand to your benefit, has been proven to be successful over time. This isn't branding is not a new concept, right? It's been tried and true. All of the the big brands, big corporations that you know have used it in becoming the Fortune 500, Fortune 50 status that they're that they're at. Brand is what's going to differentiate you and separate your company from other companies that provide similar products or services. Brand is more powerful than pricing. Some companies use pricing. Oh, we're just like them, but we're cheaper. Brand is more powerful than that because price doesn't always work. Some people don't want to pay the lowest because lowest price often means not as good, right? So mm-hmm. brand gives people a reason why they should choose you and a reason and a how that you're different than your competition. It also makes you recognizable. It makes you stand out from your competition. It also makes you memorable, right? You can remember, you know, the, you know, yellow and blue box of mac and cheese, which is who? Kraft. And that is so funny that you pick that. (laughs) Why? I don't know. (laughs) But it's memorable, right? You know it because they're consistent with those colors and you tie it in because they also use that whole thing throughout their their communications. Yes, the blue box. Uh, Brand is also what persuades you to choose one or the other. Brand is what brings value to your business. It's the emotional pull, too. Yes. You know, it's what your brand is what separates you from another competitor because of the feelings associated with one over the other as well. If it's done correctly, absolutely. Yeah. Well, of course, if it's done correctly. <laughs> we only do things correctly, right, folks? Now, you shared an illustration about how brand brings value in one of your webinars recently, didn't you? Yes, I did. Uh, and I, I actually, I think it's very uh, effective 
in helping people to understand what a brand is as well. Well, I think we should play that clip. This is from the B2B and B2C Champions of Social Media webinar that Zachary did with SCORE last month. Let me illustrate the easiest way to tell if a business has a brand. Now, this is not my illustration. This comes from Seth Godin. Uh, he does keynotes for much larger audiences than I do. Uh, he was a frequent contributor to uh, Fast Company Magazine, and he is in the AMA Marketing Hall of Fame. Most of you did not know or care that there was such a thing, but he's why I agreed to become a writer for uh, Gray Journal. Uh, but anyway, to the uh, illustration. If Nike was to build a hotel, okay, you can look in your mind's eye and have a pretty good idea of what that hotel would look like. You can see the inspirational posters that are in each room, the jerseys that are used as decor. You can just see it in your mind's eye, right? That is because Nike has a brand. They own a personality in your mind. Now, if Hyatt, a hotel chain, was to build an athletic shoe, you have no idea what that would look like. That's because Hyatt doesn't have an established brand. If your business can swap signage with your competition and no one knows the difference, then you have no brand. With no brand, companies choose direct marketing because they don't have a choice, all right? Hyatt markets on Travelocity and Google, where the intent is that you're there to buy something. It's intent-based. You go there because you intend to buy, right? Sounds good, right? Let me show you. This is what kills companies that has uh, no brand. Here on Travelocity, you can see listings of all the same hotels, side-by-side, cookie-cutter, one-by-one, samesies, all the way down, okay? Then if you look here, this is sort by price, and that is all you have to go by. Otherwise, this hotel is just like any other hotel at the same level. Brand brings value to the company, and it's the reason to choose one over the other outside of price. Now, in that clip, you mentioned Coca-Cola. Mm. They have built immense value in the marketplace based on their brand and political sway. Do you remember? I do. I yeah. do. Our Coca-Cola series that we did where their brand not only won them government contracts, but also gave them influence on the laws regarding sugar restrictions. You also said companies that, quote, have no brand. Now, can you clarify that? Yes, that is not what I actually Meant what I meant was companies that have no established brand oh. because again, brands are going to happen whether the company is involved or not. Like I said before, but it takes a company's involvement to really establish that brand and to make claims to the brand and what it means. That's really what I was referring to when I said that. Okay, so let's talk about that. Okay. How does one go about establishing a brand? Well, there are two areas which we've actually already mentioned. Uh, one is brand development, 
which is the you know cognitive homework that goes into defining who you are as a company. And then there's ongoing branding, which is using that brand in the marketplace. A lot of times I'll call it brand implementation. Mm-hmm. Now, in brand development, we look at defining who you are, what you're going to represent, right? How you want to be known in the marketplace. And this isn't like pie in the sky, is it? No, no. No. It has to be realistic and true for it to work properly. It can't be what you want to be. It has to be who you are. There is an awful lot of discovery that goes into uncovering your brand inclinations for this reason. Because if we develop your brand around something that's false, it is not going to ring true to the consumer and they are going to call you out on it at some point. And that's damaging to your brand. So we start with looking at the founder's vision, oftentimes, right? When they first decided to start the company. Right, way back when. Yes, the origin, the original Mm -hmm. purpose. What was it? What was your original purpose? And does it still apply today into your future? We also look at your behavior and your manner as a business. How do you act? How do you treat your customers? How do you treat your employees? And we do that so that it can be true to what the customers are actually seeing. Yeah, we don't want to build a brand on the business being understanding and calm if their manner is all aggressive and pushy. Absolutely. And it would ring false to the public. So Mm -hmm. it wouldn't work. Right. But there are also no wrong answers. The fact that I just said, you know, pushy and aggressive, understanding and calm is not better than pushy and aggressive. It is different. Brand helps a company figure out just how they are going to be different from their competitors. For some competitors, being pushy and aggressive would be a positive thing. For some, being understanding and calm would be a negative thing. And it all depends on what who your company is. So brand helps a company figure out just how they're going to be different from their competitors. So we look at differentiators to determine positioning, your messaging, that is what you should be saying to the public. We look into your current company's perception, both internally, so that's how do you see yourself, how do your employees see you as a business, and externally. If you have already been in the marketplace for a while, what does the public think about you now? Because they already have a perception of you. Your brand has already started to build. So we have to take that into account as well, because we may have to correct what people already think about you. Or sometimes we can take what they think about you and build upon it, right? We also look at and develop the brand mission, the personality of the company, the company's unique selling position, uh, professional messaging with the brand voice, right? And then also a consistent, supportive look and feel for that brand. So that's brand development, right? Then we look at how are we going to communicate those factors in the marketplace by developing strategic marketing options. That's the implementation side. Now, this is all part of the straight line marketing process, which you can find out more about at straightlinemarketingprocess.com. 
Yes. So let's look at that because you're right. It is, uh, it's what the whole straight line marketing process is for. Now, Jennifer, why do yes. we call it straight line marketing? Because the most efficient and effective way to get from point A to point B is a straight line. Just like your mama always told you. Just like I was indoctrinated. I mean, trained. I mean, just like common sense. <laughs> so in this analogy, point A would be your company. In your, products and services. Your products and services, your mission, what you're trying to do. And B would be your customers. Mm -hmm. So we just draw a straight line and go from A to to be, we don't go up and down and try different things and go back because that's inefficient, right? So right. we just it's a map waste it out. of time and money. We map it out and we go straight there. Now mm. that map includes five different stages. Five, lay them on me. Okay. Yes. The first one is identify. Yes. The second one is listen. Listen. The third one is think. Think. Then speak. Speak. Yes. And measure. Measure. All right. The first three mm -hmm. are part of brand development, which we've talked about. Yes. And the last two are part of brand implementation. Mm, yes. So you can kind of see how we're breaking all of this down here now. So that's brand marketing in a nutshell. In a or nutshell. written out as a process anyways. Now, again, we have a whole web series on this available at straightlinemarketingprocess.com. We do. And as marketing professionals, what we try to do in brand marketing is we try to influence the prospective customer by letting them know more about the business. Letting them know more about the business gives them the opportunity to make a connection with the business. Now, those connections are built on emotions. Mm -hmm. So we try to, you know, speak their language by using terms and images that will then influence those emotions, right? Do we want them to feel comfortable or on edge? Do we want them to feel sexy or reserved? <laughs> Do we want them to feel confident or afraid? And that's going to depend. All of that is going to depend on the company and its individual brand. Then we push those emotional buttons and they become factors in the purchasing decisions. The brand is instrumental, very instrumental in how we go about doing that. Now, like you said in the clip that we watched, uh, price is low hanging fruit, mm -hmm. right? If no other factors are there for the public to consider, they have a tendency to make a decision based on price alone. Some businesses capitalize on this by using words like free or discount. But if your business is not targeted toward the people that would be influenced by low pricing, then we need to make sure that we do our due diligence in showcasing other factors to influence them. If your product or service will not win the business based on price, then we need to make sure we provide the necessary elements for them to make a decision in your favor. So. That's where brand comes in. It also ties in with the whole marketing slash sales relationship as well. So take it away, boss. You explain that. It, it does. Um, marketing and sales. A lot of times people think uh, if you've been in corporate America a while, marketing and sales don't get along. Um, or they're the same thing. Well, yeah, you get that too. And that's part of the reason why they, they don't get along is people don't understand the relationship between the two. Um, so I'm going to explain it. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Explain it. Lucy, you got some explaining, Lucy. Oh. Marketing works on branding. 
and it works on awareness, okay? It develops the company image. It uh, mm -hmm. develops the communication tools that are then going to be used. It creates awareness and it influences buyers, both potential and existing buyers, consumers, customers, right? And it provides lead generation tools. Now, sales then takes all of that work and all of those tools and really takes it to the street is the way that I say it. Mm -hmm. What they're in charge of is conversions, right? Customizing uh, the different offerings that the company may, ha may have. Reading the, um, the, the body language and the, the positioning of the person that they're talking to. And really, sales is people skills, right? They have to understand what the company offers so that they can customize it as necessary to get the sale, which is separate than what marketing does. Marketing does branding, marketing builds awareness, marketing builds tools, but they don't actually talk to the person you're selling to. That is sales. So it's very important to kind of know how that relationship works. So in addition to other things, your brand has to be built on relevance. That is how relevant you are going to be in the marketplace. The marketplace is where sales lives. So you should take into consideration the needs of your sales team, right? But you also have to consider the competition. And of course, you have to consider the consumer, like I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Relevance is that overlap between what you want to say and what people want to hear. That's the sweet spot, right? Your relevance is where those two things overlap. In my graphic here, I have a circle and you can kind of see that where they overlap, that's relevance. That's our goal, that's what we're going for here. Now there's a lot of responsibility that falls on the brand. So it needs to be developed correctly based on a deep understanding of the company and truth. It has to be true because people We'll talk about it. What's that old Heather Locklear commercial? It was so good, I told two friends about it. And they told two friends. And so on, and so on, and so on. And for those that didn't understand that reference, here's a newer one. Well, you know how these things start. One guy tells another guy something, and then he tells two friends. And they tell two friends. And they tell their friends. And so on, and so on, and so on. You know how these things go. Yes, funny how those made it into movies. Commercial made it into movies. I bet you that, that agency that developed that was like, yeah, I made it into Wayne's World. Wouldn't that be rad? I know, right? We'd love to be referenced <laughs> in Wayne's World. So 95% of customers share bad experiences with others. And that's not what you want to be told to friends and so on and so on, right? 96% of unhappy customers don't complain. Mm -hmm. However, 91% of those will simply leave and never come back. Oof. Around 13% of dissatisfied customers are going to tell more than 20 people. Good news travels fast. Yeah, so it, it's important to make sure that what you're saying is true, is accurate. Because if it's not, puts a bad taste in the mouth, they're gonna tell other people that they don't like you. And oh, that's bad. No, no bueno. Right? So here's, an, here's another stat. 
Americans tell nine people on average, right? As far as tell two friends, they tell nine people about good experiences. Oh, that's good. But they tell 16 people nearly two times as much if it is a poor experience. Because misery loves company. Because people love to complain. Mm -hmm. Bitch and moan. Bitch and moan. They like it. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Where did this come from? This came from... Uh, the American Express survey that they did. It's very interesting. Hmm. It's amazing. You okay. know what, though? Not surprising. Because you're absolutely right. Usually, people like to, you know, build camaraderie with other people by complaining about stuff. That's usually how people find the groups that they fall into. Misery loves company. Why are we awful? We should build a factory and make misery. Uh, again, it's going to happen anyway. You're going to have a brand whether you are involved or not. Now, mm. if you are involved, you can benefit from generated awareness, preference, and loyalty. Let me give you an example, okay? Yes. Harley Davidson. Of course. Their brand happened to them, right? The unbridled perception of their fans became... Their brand. Now, they had a lot of negative perception as well, particularly during the AMF years. So, when they got the company back. Okay, okay. You are leaving out huge parts of the story <laughs> that non motorcycle people out there aren't going to understand. Guys, we did a series on Harley Davidson, or uh, the movie, rather, Harley and the Davidsons. And you can go back to our app and watch it and whatnot. Yes. Yeah, so, if you don't know the story, Harley and the Davidson brothers lost their company and their image, their perception was damaged because of quality issues, mm-hmm. right? When they gave away the, the brothers, the families gave away the company, the quality suffered. When they sold their soul to the devil. Wendy's is the same way. You, if you know, if you grew up in the eighties, wait, are we talking about pickles again? We're done. No, we could be okay. Wendy's quality went down when Dave died. Mm. You can tell when it became run by stockholders as opposed to the family, the the quality went down and therefore the perception of Wendy's went down. People no longer consider Wendy's the Chick-fil-A of hamburgers, which is kind of what it was mm-hmm. before. They were a premium fast food, steps above Burger King and McDonald's, and people don't view them that way anymore. Now they're all the same. Yes, right? and... So, what I was referring to is Zachary is <laughs> is very upset with Wendy's over their uh, the changing of their pickles. It's yes. it's a really big issue in our home. It's a it's the it's the pickle <laughs> controversy. Yes, uh, there's a lot of companies that have changed things uh, over the years that I have not appreciated, but I think that just comes with getting older. Uh, but Harley and the Davidsons lost the company. A little different than Wendy's. Wendy's, you know, you had a death of the founder. Harley and the Davidsons lost the company to and had to sell it to, uh, to uh, AMF. To AMF, right? And when that happened, their image, their perception was damaged due to quality issues. Then the family bought it back years later. Damaged? 
Yes, damaged. But wasn't Harley Davidson, I mean, isn't Harley Davidson known as being like a monster brand, like a cult brand? Yes, and here's how they did it, okay? The new company leadership, once the family bought it back, leaned into the perception that was held by their fans, by their customers. Now, with the company behind that perception, it spread like wildfire, along with the professional elements and tools that were developed for them. It spread throughout the marketplace, and now everyone knows them as the rough-and-tumble, edgy, outlaw motorcycle brand, much different than Suzuki or Honda or Triumph or any of the other ones. Harley alone owns that space in the market because they capitalized on that part of their brand, which came by them supporting what their customers are, were already saying. That's, so that's, that's the story of how that works. And they are successful. Very much. They are a cult brand. People get tattoos of their logo. That's loyalty. Now that's brand success. Okay, let's take a break right now to hear from our sponsors. And while we do that, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button. Smash that bell. Like this individual video. It really helps us out with the algorithms here. Yes, and if during the break you want to go out and get a straight shot tattoo, <laughs> send us a picture. We'd love to put it on the show. Yeah, I'm going to post that stuff on social media. <laughs> you better hope it's in a family-friendly place. See you on the flip side. I was so nervous. I had never done anything like this before. It took courage. Stamina. It was exactly what I've been dreaming of since I was a little girl. The road was hard, but we made it together. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Everything was absolutely perfect. Exactly what we wanted. They respect me, and I owe it to them to be the best that I can. They meet my needs, and they're all I've ever wanted. They were exactly what I was looking for. These aren't couples. They're business owners and customers talking about their journeys and business relationships. The study of relationship building has many parallels in both couples and business. Join B. Zachary Bennett in his new book, Married to Marketing, where he uses this comparison to walk through the process and commitment of owning a business and building relationships with customers and creating your story. Order Married to Marketing by B. Zachary Bennett today. Available on Amazon.com in paperback, ebooks, and audiobook. Straight Shot is brought to you by Reformation Productions, a full-service marketing agency in Atlanta, Georgia, helping companies promote and communicate their business in the most efficient and effective ways possible through straight-line marketing. Find out more by visiting reformationpro.com or call 678-825-8086. Reformation Productions. Think in straight lines. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking about brand today. We've gone over quite a lot already, but let's continue. Let's talk about how companies map their brand foundation to their operations, goals, and strategies. That is all you, Zachary. All right. So I'm going to do this by giving you an example. Okay. Chick-fil-A. Yes. Chick-fil-A started in Atlanta. And they wanted to become 
worldwide, right? They wanted to compete on the global scale as far as being a food chain goes, right? Mm. So let's start with some facts and goals about Chick-fil-A. Number one, they started in Atlanta. If you didn't know that, they started in Atlanta, Georgia. Whoop, whoop, ha- for the local homies. Hateville, actually, which is in the Atlanta metropolitan area. The big chicken. So, uh, no, the big chicken is KFC. Sorry. No, the big chicken is? The big chicken oh is KFC. Oh, my God, I'm so Chicago up in this place. Yes. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, locals. Yes. Uh, Chick-fil-A, the dwarf house is Chick-fil-A. The dwarf house was actually founded in Hapeville, Georgia, which is near the airport. It's inside the Atlanta metro area. It's a part we call um, Hapeville. It's kind of like Brooklyn or Manhattan to New York. Anyway, uh, for those of you that aren't local, that's kind so of- So where is it in relation to the big chicken? The big chicken is in Marietta. <laughs> it's in Cobb County. Sorry. Completely different. Sorry. That's OTP. Oh. Outside TP. the perimeter. Sorry. Okay. Back so, to Chick-fil-A. Okay. So Chick-fil-A started in Atlanta and they wanted to become worldwide. They wanted to become a global food chain success. That was one of their goals. They also wanted to build a legacy both for their family and for the industry that they worked in. So they, they had some goals up front. Okay. Then they started to build their brand foundation. Okay. What was their brand going to be built on? Well, there's a, a couple of different things that, uh, that I could bring up different differentiators, but we're just going to talk about one right now. We're going to talk about quality and then how that brand differentiator is mapped to their strategies and their operations. Okay. Quality. They want to be known for quality. Therefore their products use premium materials. They use handmade chicken, handmade biscuits, and they are never discounted, right? So their products are developed to maintain quality. Let's look at their employees. Their employees go through rigorous screening and training, which is very unusual Mm. for a fast food joint. Um, I was going to get ready to start putting down other ones. Don't do it. We don't need to <laughs> there is, build. We don't need to break people no, down to build people there, up. There, let's put it this way: there is a waiting list to work at Chick Fil A. None of the other ones have that. You don't have waiting list at fast food restaurants. Chick Fil A does. Okay, mm-hmm. they offer scholarships to their employees. They don't make them work on Sundays because that's a stance that they've taken. They are also very involved in charity, so. Again, quality employees, they have done work to make sure they have quality employees. Let's look at their locations, okay? Um, Their locations are experience-focused, both physically and in behavior. Now, here's what I mean by that. Physically, if you go there, you will notice that they were one of the first places to have multiple registers and there was no line because somebody would always be able to take your order immediately. Now, for those of you that aren't as old as I am, fast food restaurants used to have one or two registers open, period. That's it. And you literally had to wait. Chick-fil-A was the first one to have multiple um you know, opened up at one time that you could go get your, your, your experience was good because it was fast, fast as you could do. Their, their uh, drive-ins, still a very, very unique experience. They have people standing outside 
to take your order and then you pay and then you etc to make that experience go faster and smoother than any other place. You don't have the problem of can I take your order? Why? You can't understand sorry, them. Can you repeat yeah. that? Uh, sorry, our, our shake machine's broken. Uh, so <laughs> we don't have milkshakes right now. Um, so you don't have that problem uh, at Chick-fil-A during rush hour. They have invested in physically in their locations to make them optimal. You also have a person. Now, this is a fast food chain. Mm-hmm. You have a person at Chick-fil-A that runs around and refills your tea, takes your, your trash away from you. This is not a high-end food chain. This is a fast food restaurant, and they you know, put that in there to make your experience better than, say, McDonald's. Or Taco Bell. All right. Now that's physically. There's also things that they do behavior wise. The whole um, it's my pleasure instead of thank you is a behavioral modification in their employees. They are taught to be thankful and to, you know, treat people, their customers with respect over the top friendliness yes so that was when they started we're just going to use that one breakdown of quality right which was their brand differentiator and then they developed okay this is our brand we're going to develop a campaign so does anybody remember what their campaign was before eat more chicken oh i know (laughs) yes what was it um Deliciously different. It was deliciously different. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Deliciously different did speak to the quality aspects of the brand, but it didn't work as well. It wasn't enough. So they added another brand attribute, another differentiator, which was family friendly. When they added the family-friendly brand attribute, they came up with the Eat More Chicken campaign, and it caught on like gangbusters. Oh, yeah. It has been, it's still going on now. It's been an extremely successful uh, campaign for them, and that's, you know, for those of you that aren't familiar with Eat More Chicken, it's the cows campaign. Uh, They've been using that for, uh, for years now. It encapsulates their their brand, including the family-friendly part, right? They have a mascot now, so. Who doesn't know the cows, man? Uh, well, most people that are in Chick-fil-A, you know, Chick-fil-A used to be only in the South because it was born well, right here in Atlanta. And I was going to ask you about that. So I'm originally from the Midwest. I am obviously from Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, I don't think it was until after I left and nope. came to Georgia that they finally had a Chick-fil-A. There was one in Illinois, but it wasn't in the Chicago suburbs. Right. And, um so there is one there now, and I don't believe it has the same drive-through experience. Well, it snows like crazy up there, <laughs> right? But I'm also wondering if it has the same like table service inside the restaurant. Uh, I don't know. So if you guys are from any other part of the country that's not like Atlanta, <laughs> is there any other place? No. Um, if you guys are from anywhere else and that you have a Chick Fil A, let us know if if they are still doing the same things that they're supposed to be doing, yeah. or if they're phoning it in we have a lot of corporate stores around here because we're we're in atlanta and of course they're going to follow the rules and some of the franchises may supposed to be follow the rules yeah feel free to call in and bust out your chick-fil-a right now (laughs) throw them under the chick bus so that's how chick-fil-a used uh you know branding marketing to influence their strategies attain their goals 
etc. This type of work, this mapping of the you know differentiators, mapping of the brand to your actual operations and your strategy, that's what makes a brand work. That's what makes it where your brand is not just a glossy cover on the outside, but goes through to the core of your business. Yes, goes through to the core of your business. Now, there's been a lot of other businesses that have been successful in branding. And one of the things that that they've done is uh, you can tell they're successful because their brand names are now used as, uh, you know, generic nouns for things or verbs. Yeah, they've replaced the actual or that's, right. verb. For, for example, if I was to tell Jennifer, yes. Jennifer, yes. Google straight shot. Okay. Let me open my little laptop, open mm-hmm. up my search engine, and just start looking for straight shot. Yes. Google does, doesn't mean search. It's Google is a brand name, but it's so well branded that I can tell her to Google something and she knows what I mean. You mean like if somebody Googled straight shot on YouTube? Right. Exactly. Now, um, Another example of this is if someone tells you to go Xerox something, that means to <laughs> that means to make a copy of it. Yes. Well, Xerox was a copy machine brand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, matter of fact, Adam Ant had a song called Xerox Machine, which was about copying. It's about plagiarism, but it's about copyright infringement. which had nothing to do with, you know, mimeographs or copy machines. He was using the brand name Xerox to then represent copyright. Because everybody knows what that means. Now, uh, another one is aspirin. If somebody asks you for aspirin, you can give them ibuprofen and that's okay. Because they don't mean aspirin. They mean pain reliever, right? Hand me a Kleenex. It doesn't matter what brand the Kleenex is. They They want a tissue. And in the South... Now, I know this isn't the same everywhere. Uh-oh, here we go But again. in the South, all soft drinks are called Coke. That is not the same everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Down here, when you say, hey, do you have any Coke? They'll say, yes, what kind do you want? <laughs> now, and, where I'm from in Chicago, if someone comes up, do you have any Coke? Chances are they're an undercover cop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Um, totally different. You know, they uh, they actually, um, Pepsi made a commercial about this. Uh, it was in the Super Bowl, I think, last year, where they were like, uh, they actually had, this kind of backfires on them, honestly, where it, <laughs> they came into a restaurant. Steve Carell was in it. It was in yes. the first one. Went into a restaurant, and the waiter said, um, was talking to them, taking their order. And they were like, what, do you have a Coke? And they would say, well, is Pepsi okay? Well, that's because when they said, do you have a Coke? They mean, do you have any soft drink? And they were like, well, we don't actually have Coke. We have Pepsi. I'll take a Coke. Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? Ow! The point is, they referred to it as Coke. (laughs) Not the same Coke I remember growing up as a kid. So the ultimate goal of a brand is to become synonymous with a product or service like Kleenex, Google, Xerox. That's the ultimate goal. But to do this, it has to be used in that way interchangeably a, a number of times throughout you know the years. Mm-hmm. But before we get way too long in the tooth here about all this, Zachary, <laughs> why don't you just go on ahead and while you're on a roll, give us a straight shot here. Okay. First is yes. the understanding of what brand is 
and what the relative terms mean. Okay. So brand is not tangible. The expression of a brand is tangible. Your brand is your perception in the mind of your audience, which includes who you are, what you stand for, why you're in business, how you're different, and where you stand. It's your character and your personality of a business. So that's the first big takeaway. The next is, you know, what goes into branding, right? Which is brand development, which is the defining of the company's professional brand image and getting the company getting involved in building that brand and how they're going to be showcased in the marketplace. And then brand implementation. That is then using that image, that brand, that perception to better communicate the business to their consumer audiences. So you have to remember again what your brand is not. It's not your logo, it's not your tagline, and it's not what you do. Your brand is who you are as a business. Who are you? Now Simon Mainwaring, Mainwaring, Mainwaring. I have no idea. Mr. Simon <laughs> says the keys to brand success are self-definition, transparency, authenticity, and accountability. Now, when you're developing it, again, takeaways, summary here, it's important that you remember to be proactive, to be true, to be informed, and to be relevant. Don't forget where you came from and who you are. And embrace where you came from and who you are. The next thing to remember from today, why should you brand? Well, Because it's going to happen anyway. Because I told you so. (laughs) Because you might as well be involved in it, right? It'll also benefit your company by having increased awareness, um, a better connection with your customers, better understanding uh, by your your customers of your business. You have to remember that 70% of buying experiences are based on how that customer feels about your company. Your brand also helps you increase preference in the marketplace, right? 55% of customers say that they would be willing to pay extra for their favorite brand. That's a large percentage when it comes to the marketplace, not caring about price. It also increases loyalty to your brand. And then lastly, I would say you have to make sure that your brand is true to how you act and true to what you're going to invest in. Only promise what you can deliver. If you promise superior customer service, make sure that you are investing in your employees and allowing them to provide superior customer service. If you promise speed, make sure that you are investing in whatever equipment that you need to accomplish that. If you promise quality, start with the best ingredients Stay with the best ingredients. You have to support whatever it is your brand is promising in your operations. So those are the biggest, I think, Mm. takeaways from what I've said today. And you're right. I could talk about this forever. You know, branding is so important. It It holds a lot of responsibility in a successful business's operations. But... It's also a lot of work and it's going to take investment. It is either in investing in time Mm -hmm. or investing in money to save yourself time. Right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our investment in bringing this episode to you. Now you can show us by subscribing. 
hitting that little like button, smashing that bell. And we'll see you next time on Straight Shot Marketing Podcast. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast informative, we hope you'll pass along our web address, straightshot.net to your friends, colleagues, and business associates. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes or on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash straight shot. If you would like to have your question featured on the show or would like to be a guest, call 678-825-8086, extension 300. Or you can email us at info at straightshot.net. Be sure to download the Straight Shot podcast app on your smartphone to hear previous and new shows. You can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, or directly at straightshot.net. This has been Straight Shot.